entrepreneurs have innately within them the the skill set, the understanding, the faith, and the strength to make real whatever their dreams are. So Dogger is the leading a mobile app in the world for dog training and it's available in 12 different languages. I really work with both brands and individuals to help amplify their goals, their messaging through strong media relationships, influencer relationships, experiential events, strategic consulting, you name it. I'm Richard Gearhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurs, inventors, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. You just heard a few select clips from our guests. Stay tuned for more Passage to Profit right away. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, an intellectual property attorney. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. I work at Gearhart Law with Richard, and I also have my own startup. Tonight, we have a repeat offender on the program, <laughs> Joni Rogers-Conte from Sengents International, who's built a multi-million, probably billion and trillion dollar company in the cosmetics world. And she's going to be here giving great advice to all of us. And and then we have two presenters, which I'm very excited about both of them, honestly. So the first one is Tadis Jamus. If you have a dog that is like your baby, anyone that has a dog pretty much does treat them like their baby. Babies need to be trained. <laughs> And Thomas, some are never trained, some are never <laughs> trained, but he has a great app for helping you train your puppies. And then Juliana Martins, a publicist, which I've never actually interviewed a publicist. We have publicists sending us people to the show. So it's, I think it'll be really interesting for listeners. When do entrepreneurs use publicists and what do you do when you work with a publicist? So I'm really excited to learn about these things today. Me too. And maybe we should get a publicist for Passage to Profit. What do you think? I think we should. I think we should. So who knows? Maybe uh, Juliana can help us out in that department one of these days. But before we get to our distinguished guests, we're going to be talking about, guess what? IP in the news. Elizabeth selected a particular really relevant patent to discuss today because we're going to be talking about dog training. For those of you at home who are listening on the radio, the patent is a dog diaper. And what's so funny about this dog diaper is that it has like a little hole for the dog's tail to stick out. And then it has like straps that go over its front shoulders and it's otherwise it's a diaper. So if you don't like picking up your dog's poop Every time you take it out, you can put it in a diaper and deal with it later. And the dog in the patent drawing is smiling, so he likes it too. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's just like a baby diaper with like a tail hole and a harness on it. <laughs> talk about treating your dogs like children. It's hilarious. So, so anyway, um, did you have more to say on that? Yeah. So, I would like to say that. Okay. The inventor is Wanda M. Kelly, and this actually issued in 1996. It's actually off patent, right? Because patents last 20 years. Right. So you should feel free to go out and steal this idea. No, but I'm just wondering why she never, maybe she didn't have the resources to make it into a product for dogs. I think it's a great product. I don't know. Myself. We didn't check. I mean, if our listeners are interested, they can Google dog diapers and see if they're being sold on Amazon. It wouldn't right. surprise me if they are. And it's disposable. Yeah. And, and it's and a great it's idea. Disposable. Absolutely. I wish I'd thought of that. So before we get to... <laughs> 
our distinguished guests this evening. It's time for Richard's Roundtable. We just like to ask our guests their thoughts about the patent we just discussed, or if you have a question about intellectual property, please let us know. And Joni, welcome back to the show. It's oh, fun it, to be here. I think you look younger than the last time you came. Oh, flattery, <laughs> flattery. Your well, skin is gorgeous. I do have this great skincare I could recommend. Oh. I know. I've tried it. It's amazing. So Joni, getting back to the point, what did you think about the dog diaper? Well, you know, I'm very intrigued because I just brought home for my mother this past Saturday, a brand new puppy. So we're in the puppy training area. So I can't wait to talk to Tadis about his invention. However, my mind goes to what if you don't change it immediately? Like what kind of mess is there? I think I'd rather have it separate and deal with it that way than have to worry about what kind of mess is being made. Good. You know what Boy. I mean? Like yeah. someone's got to clean that stuff, right? I, 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 yeah. I, I, I can't unsee what you're saying. I can't so unsmell please. it. <laughs> so, okay. All right. I think. Uh, good point. Maybe good that's point. why I never took off. <laughs> Tadis, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think uh, it's a great idea when the dogs are super small. And if you really don't have any other way how to do with that. I mean, like, do dogs do grow up? They're super smart. They can learn all these different things. Like, you definitely don't need it in normal environment. But yeah, who knows? Like, world is so different, right? There you have it from an expert. A dog training expert. A dog training expert who recommends it for puppies but maybe not for every dog, right? So uh, <laughs> if possible, let's you... avoid it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's avoid it. <laughs> Juliana, what are your thoughts here? As a publicist, how do you react to this invention? As a publicist, I would honestly not take this invention on. Nothing to the inventor, but it just seems like it's a temporary fix. And as your dog gets older, you're going to want it to be trained how to use the restroom properly. And I just don't think this has longevity. And I think the other dogs at the dog park are going to make fun of it too, right? Right. I mean, just like when (laughs) I wear my diapers in public. I couldn't (laughs) see my son taking his dog to the dog park. Anyway, Kenya's turn. That's a good point, Kenya. I actually kind of disagree a little bit with everyone. I think that there has a little, there's some value that's here if you switch up the value proposition. So I think about older dogs and I think about dogs who are going through like, you know, that last change of life. We've had older dogs that, you know, couldn't hold, you know, to go to the bathroom or couldn't make it outside. And I always felt so bad, right? Like, so I think this is a way... For older dogs, like if they're having health issues or they're getting older and they can't necessarily make it outside to the bathroom, uh, gives them a way to keep their dignity, right? And then helps you to not have a dog who wanted to go out, who couldn't go out, not make it to the bathroom. Spoken like a true marketing genius, honestly, yeah. God, Kenya. I, you know, and with such compassion too. Who else thinks about the old dogs, right? Oh, right. I love the old dogs. <laughs> I mean, I have an old dog and fortunately he's not in that phase, but growing up we had a few and I always felt so bad for them. I'm like, oh, that's so sad, you know? She has a sweetheart. I just Googled on Amazon and there's even designer doggy diapers. I was going to say for Wanda, even though her patent has expired, her patent 20 year patent term has expired, you with the right marketing, you, you know, you can still she could have really taken over the market in 96 if she started selling these. But now now what she needs is marketing if she wants to sell it. 
and like you said, Joni, like make it designer and then the marketing's off the charts. Right? I agree with that. Times are a little bit different in 1996. I, I wonder if we were really so pet crazy then as we are now. Well, we didn't even have Amazon, so it was a lot harder to sell. There you right? go. Good point. Anyway, this has been a fantastic discussion. We have to take a commercial break. So we'll be right back after this with more Passage to Profit. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearheartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With Joni Rogers-Conte, president, creator, and founder of Senegents International, a multimedia cosmetic company that has just exceeded all expectations in terms of performance and product and personnel and whatever direction you can possibly imagine. So welcome to the show, Joni. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, we're always about stories here on Passage to Profit and the entrepreneur's journey. And before we went on the air, you told us a little story about what got you going as an entrepreneur in the first place. Can you share that with us? Yes. As a teenager, I was on a Saturday afternoon out uh, practicing pistol shooting with a friend, and I accidentally shot my friend in the butt. And that week, my father, who was single, said, that's it, young lady, you're going to California to live with your mother. And I was shipped off to California, and that began my journey into entrepreneurialism. I landed in the home with a, a, just an amazing man who helped build one of the largest drugstore chains in America at that time and got to work side by side with him well into my 20s until I broke out on my own. Wow. And your friend, ultimately, he survived. That's right. So that actually puts you in the presence of a really great mentor, which, you know, we've said on this show many times, everybody really needs a coach that can help them. And so you had a great coach and mentor, but you know, you could have ignored that like our kids (laughs) 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 and just not done anything, but you built, how much is your company worth now? You built this huge empire. Well, I couldn't tell you how much we could sell it for, but we are a billion dollar company. We're in uh, 17 countries. Uh, We've enjoyed great success over now. This year will be 23 years. And you started with lipstick and went into other skincare. Is that correct? That is correct. We patented long-lasting color technology. The name of the primary product is LipSense. doesn't come off until you take it off. And we use that patented technology in the rest of the color that goes on our face. And we were the first company to create color for your face as skincare. 
So our color is actually anti-aging skincare. So along with a typical skincare regime, which has our complexes in it, during the day, after you cleanse your face in the morning, you start building your color cosmetics on to your skin, you are delivering the anti-aging complexes that's in the skincare. So I just have a couple of things to say about that. First of all, you sent me samples and I've run out. So I'm going to reorder because this is really, really nice skincare. It's not greasy. It's not heavy. It's light and it's nourishing. But what I really want to say is you look amazingly fantastic. And I'm assuming you're using your own skincare. (laughs) Yes, yes. for at least 25 years. And the longer you use it, the more beautiful your skin becomes. And your skin is glowing. It looks wonderful. What I find interesting, though, is that one of the foundations of your company was really innovation, creating really good products that once somebody tried them, they sold themselves. You weren't trying to promote just any old me too type of product, which is really so much of the cosmetic industry where they just repackage the same old stuff and remarket it and sell it as something new. You actually had something that was innovative and you protected it, which of course is important, but you actually innovated too. How much of your company effort does your company put into innovation as a percentage of your revenue or you know, time? What kind of investment do you make in that? Well, first of all, this speaks to one of the questions that people often ask me, what keeps me up at night? And what keeps me up at night is technology. Technology in virtually every area of business not only in the innovation of new ingredients that do better things for your skin and help repair damage of skin or actually negate the process of aging. I worry about technology like this technology. We're all on Zoom right now, like five years ago, seven years ago, who was on Zoom? No one is. But in business, addressing rather a large employee base of 500 or more and tens of thousands of independent distributors in 17 countries, we communicate and we do our business through technology. We're not a technology company, but technology is so critical at the base of every single business in today's world. Whether you're in the technology business or not, you really are. So we have technology in uh, innovation of ingredients and products that are beneficial. And of course, the daily business black hole, I call it black hole because a huge amount of money uh, goes into research and development. And of course, maintaining and upgrading the tools that are needed to conduct business. I'm talking tens of millions of dollars a year. And that doesn't surprise me. And that's one of the reasons I would guess among many others that you're successful because keeping on the edge, moving ahead of the competition in terms of the marketing information that you have, the way you communicate with employees, all of those things are absolutely critical because your business is so competitive and you really have to be the best in every area if you want to succeed, I would think. I think so. So Kenya, she is our marketing genius here. Do you have a question or comment? Well, I was just curious, you've been in business for so long and there's all these different beauty brands like I feel like it's been an industry that's been flooded and inundated with all this stuff what do you do to keep yourself like just top of mind with consumers and to kind of keep yourself relevant amongst all the other competitors in the market well the first thing I I don't do is worry about what the other competitors are doing 
I really just take a look at who are the type of men and women who find value in our product and expand that market. And of course, just stay in a relationship with them. So it is really relational marketing uh, as we sell through independent contractors. We're the maker of the product and we sell it to independent contractors who in turn sell it to the end consumer. And we've now partnered with our independent contractors to help them maintain relationships with their end consumer customers. And our products just really work. We will not launch a product into the marketplace if in fact it doesn't give even more value than what we claim. Think about it 23 years ago, when I rub my lips like this as hard as I could, and nothing came off. And now I can do the same for my face, even wearing mask all day long, nothing comes off and your skin still maintains healthy and beautiful and glowing. People are fairly astounded and the products are priced so that an average woman could actually afford to buy products that really work. And when you give that kind of value, you're going to be able to build a very loyal following, especially over the course of 23 years. Do you use that in your marketing at all? Uh, makeup made for masks? Because I feel like I've been trying to find lipsticks and stuff that I can maintain underneath. We just ran our very first commercial during the Miss USA contest that showed our models who were in the commercial taking their mask off and not having makeup. But we haven't gone out nationally with big commercials like that to advertise it until just recently. So Senegen, so how many women do you have selling this product? Today, near we have on the books over 100,000. How do people become a Cenogens salesperson? They can go to Cenogens.com and click become a distributor. Of course, we always suggest they just go to Cenogens.com or Lipsense.com and try the product because once right. you try the product, you're going to fall in love with it. And of course, anything that you're in love with, it's easy to tell your girlfriends and your family members about. So with the company this size, do you give them sales training? Do you have meetings all the time? Like, how do you handle that? Constantly. We have online trainings, live trainings every single day of the week. And then every quarter, our company hosts, um, beginning this April, in-person uh, conferences and seminars here in Tulsa. We have hundreds and thousands of women fly into Tulsa and attend three and four day trainings and sales events. And I also have a home in California. We do some trainings in California as well throughout the year. So what are some of the challenges that you experienced when you were scaling the company? You know, my biggest challenge has also been one of my greatest pleasures, which is people. I don't think that making a deal where that everyone does not win on a 50-50 basis is a good deal. I mean, I won't make a deal if someone is not equally winning as much as I am. So finding ways to navigate that and make sure that the relationships and the, uh, let's say the agreements, even the employee opportunities, the independent contractor opportunities that are balanced for every individual on a personal basis has been probably the most challenging, but the most rewarding part of this 23 years in building the company. I made some really great friends. I've been, you know, surrounded by very trusted, capable individuals who have given most of their adult life to helping to make this company as successful as it has become. Well, that's great. You know, it's funny because 
I was really expecting, oh, getting the manufacturing right or getting the marketing right or something like that. But maintaining that principle over so many people with so many different aspects of the business, I could see where that would be a real challenge. And that's a great piece of advice for entrepreneurs starting out. You want everyone carrying your flag and you want every deal to be a win-win because that builds your reputation, et cetera. And it makes people willing to move forward with you during difficult times. Uh, Not too long ago, six or seven years ago, if I have time to tell this story, uh, we were growing so quickly that we literally ran out of product. We would make, you know, a hundred thousand tubes of blue red and put it available, just one item online for sale. And it was gone in like 20 minutes. We could not manufacture products fast enough to keep the pipeline filled so that we could be in business more than 20 minutes every other day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually had competing, large competing companies that are well-known brands in the marketplace sending to us color pigments and raw materials that we couldn't get a hold of because they had some excess or they had backup and they actually wanted to help us succeed. And I just, I'll never forget that. And it's just because of the relationship we have with our vendors and our third-party manufacturers who are helping us and talking about us and the way that we were building our business and running our business to their other clients. That's excellent. Before we end this segment, can you please spell Senegence so people know how to find your website? S-E-N-E-G-E-N-C-E. Senna Jets. Senna is the first part of senescence, which is the process of aging, and gents from intelligence. So it's aging intelligence. Excellent. So go to senegents.com and turn the clock back. (laughs) I'm going to do it. (laughs) Well, this has been awesome. And Joni, and thank you so much for joining us. I really love hearing your stories and your advice, which I personally take to heart. And I hope many others will take to heart too. You're listening to Passage to Profit. We'll be back right after this commercial break. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, Contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, Joni Rogers-Conte, who has just given marvelous advice. It's time now for our Fireside segment. Elizabeth Gearhart, tell us what's going on with Fireside these days. Yes, a couple of things. I realized I'm working with a group and a coach, and I realized what's so good for consumers about Fireside at this point is, for instance, if you saw a picture of me I could really Photoshop the heck out of that, right? And if I was selling makeup like Joni is, 
I could make myself look like I'm 20 years old and say I'm, you know, little years old <laughs> and, um, and fool you. But on video, it's a lot harder to do that unless you have like super video filters or whatever. So if I were going to buy Joni's makeup, looking at her, I would say, my gosh, this stuff really works. And seeing her on video talking about it, I would know it was authentic and real. And then also, if you're going to hire, say, a business coach and you're a consumer, maybe there's somebody that you hate. And maybe somebody that annoys you at work or something. And you look at the videos of the business coaches and somebody reminds you of that person. You're probably not going to want to work with them. So so you get an authentic picture of the person that you're planning to hire. You do. You get a very authentic look at them. Get a lot of information in a short amount of time. And you can see if their style matches with yours. Like if I'm going to hire a business coach, I don't want to hire somebody that's either too goofy for me or too abrasive for me. Right. So I want to hire somebody that matches my style, but still can give me information. Is is that why you never listen to my business advice? (laughs) I don't match your style. (laughs) Actually, my coach liked your pitch to the businesses better than she liked mine. So Richard helped me with some pitches for the business business owners who are on the site. And seriously, Elizabeth doesn't really need any help at all. So I, think <laughs> I need a lot of great. help. But anyway, so I've been working on Fireside and looking at different things with it because of this coaching that I think is really helping me quite a bit. So onward and upward. That's like right. Grandpa used to say a mentor in whatever form, even if you don't have somebody who's been in business, you can always find somebody who can help your business. So Kenya, time for power move. Power move today. We're going to talk about celebrity hairstylist Uno, and he's the owner by Hair by Uno Studio Salon and the sole creator and innovator of the patent pendant patent pending perfect platinum pixie technique. That's a mouthful. Lots of <laughs> and, keys. Yes. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the patent pending perfect. I can't even say it. <laughs> the patent pending perfect platinum pixie technique that allows you to transition in terms of your haircut. So if you want to go to short hair and you have textured hair and you can't use a lot of chemicals, it allows you to get a platinum pixie and a short haircut at the same time. Right. So so very cool of him. And I was reading about him on Influensive. And here are his five top business tips for maximizing productivity and peace. So number one is be selective with your circle. Number two is do what makes you happy. Number three is research and read. Very important. Number four is build a strong team. And number five is don't work for the money. Make the money work for you. Speaking of uh, research and reading, I've been reading business books on how to scale Gearheart Law. And what I found, and I'm sharing this because sometimes in the business world, it's you're not an overnight success and you need to spend time working on your business model. But both Apple Computer and Starbucks were in business for 20 years before they were able to actually scale their business. It took them 20 years to perfect their business model. So the point you made about patience is well taken. And for some people, success happens overnight. For others, it takes a little bit more work, but you have to stay at it. Well, my grandpa always wanted me to have a pixie haircut when I was little. And back then I could get away with it. Now I'm not so sure, (laughs) but I want to see you in a pixie, Kenya. (laughs) You may, sooner than later. I used to have one. I'm thinking about going back to that. It's really cute on the right person. A lot of maintenance though. It is a lot of maintenance and a lot of haircuts, but it's a cute cut. Yeah. So congratulations to him. I actually have never been able to have my hair colored and cut at the same time. I would love that. It would save me so much time at the salon. Oh my gosh. I'm always rushing to get out of there. That's a brilliant idea. I got to say, Yeah. I hope he could do it with other kinds of hair color and stuff. Anyway, we'll keep looking for that. 
Now we're going to go to Tadis Jamus and Tadis is your savior if you have a dog. So Tadis, please tell us about Dogo app, D-O-G-O dot A-P-P. I want to hear all about it. Oh, thanks. Uh, so Dogo is a leading uh, mobile app in the world for dog training, and it's available in 12 different languages. So we help dog parents grow a well-behaved dog and become a friend that their dog deserves. So that's basically what we do. And everything started when we adopted our Udra from a shelter 11 years ago. And as most of the dog parents, we want to be the best uh, dog parents ever. So we thought like, okay, let's go to the dog training school. And we went there and immediately understood two things. Like first is Udra does not like other dogs. She does not enjoy school at all. So we needed to do it at home. And the second thing we understood, like, she's amazing. She, she learns everything so quickly. She knows everything well. She loves the attention, the treats, the trainings. And whenever she fails with the training, it's always about us. So we become lazy. We don't know how to do it. Uh, we don't do it regularly. So it's, the problem is always us. And so we started looking for solutions for tools, like how can we make this more fun, more engaging? But the best we could find was uh, books and some educational videos. And so then we came up with this concept of a mobile app that is uh, as fun to use as playing a game. So yeah, you train your dog, you're like, we guide you on this journey, how to become a better dog trainer, you collect points, awards, you level up and all these different things. And um, this all happened eight years ago, but uh, as a lot of amazing ideas, like the summer ended, we put this idea into this good uh, ideas um, drawer and like we didn't do anything else for a while. And then four years forward, like I, I worked in a lot of different companies and uh, I moved to Berlin to work at this amazing company that worked with the consumer apps and I was extremely excited. But at some point, the company decided to change to do B2B. And it's like, this is like, not what I want to do. Like, I don't have this control anymore. I want to follow my dream. I want to, to work in a company, in the culture that I really imagine. I thought, okay, this is then the only way I can do this is to build my own company. Wow. Uh, so Tadas, you're from Lithuania, right? Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to compliment your English because it's much better than my Lithuanian. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very interesting. So how does the dog app actually work? Can you give us an example of a training routine? It's actually like, it's also what we are focusing on is we're focusing on new dog parents. So when you get a puppy, I think that's the best time to start. Because first of all, and the most important, like people have the highest motivation when they get the dog. Like they have, like, I'm going to be this perfect parent, like, and I'm going to do everything correctly. And so we bit, like, we ask you a few questions, we build you a personalized plan, and then you should follow this plan and uh, yeah, so daily, is, use it daily. Yeah. So is the plan then, is it automated? Is there uh, an artificial intelligence engine in the software or is somebody back in your company manually creating a plan for the dog owner? So how it works now, we usually have uh, several plans, training programs to choose from. Also, we adapt it depending on your questions. And then you have this uh, program. There always is the questions, how do you know that you do it correctly, right? Like, how do you know that the things that I, I did is, is the right thing. Or if I'm struggling and my dog does not understand, like how, how do I get this help? So we came up with this concept of video exam. So basically you have to film your dog, how 
uh, they do the trick and then you send this video to us and then uh, our doc trainers, they review this video and send you our useful uh, tips, how to improve, how to make your training better. Wow. That's really brilliant. I haven't heard of any dog training like that. That's before. really hands-on too, because yeah. you're getting the experience of experienced dog trainers to help you with the program. Will it work for older dogs? So my son has had this dog for two years and he hasn't done any formal training with it at all, but he really needs to. <laughs> and I think he's becoming more aware of that fact because they want to have a baby and you know, you cannot have an untrained dog around a baby, not a 40 pound one anyway. So yeah. after two years of letting the dog get away with a lot of stuff, do, <laughs> to say think, the least, do you think yeah. it'll work? It works for everyone. Of course, like uh, behavior can be changed even for the, for the old dogs, but the, like there is this rule of thumb that if you haven't trained your dog for two years and you had the problem for two years, it's going to take at least two years to, to fix it. And it's going to be a lot of work. And it's not enough just to use the app. Like you, if, if you have some behavior problems, then you also uh, should consult uh, with a behavior specialist. We can help you with that. We can connect you, but it really depends. But it's it's so, a myth that all dogs can learn new tricks. They definitely can. I was we just going to say old yeah. dogs can learn new tricks, I guess. Joni, right. do you have any comments at all or thoughts for Tadas? Well, I'm looking at it right now on the App Store. So I'm excited about it. It looks like it's fairly simple to use. Uh, what I'm really wondering is, can I yeah. train my mother to use the app? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the issue. <laughs> I, I would say our main uh, clients are younger people. So how we see it, like it's, we call it, we call them uh, dog parents because it's also like how these people uh, see themselves. It's also how I see myself. The dog for me is my child. So it's it, it, like, I also don't have children yet, but so my dog is my child. And so definitely that's that our main uh, group of, of users, but we also have a lot of uh, more senior people and then again the dog is becoming also like a child it's something always like always happy always there for you and it's they they, they are successfully using the app they they are doing it maybe be more careful more slowly and it's actually great clients because they read everything like they are they are taking care of what you what you wrote to them and they what you explain and so it's actually it works well for for older people too yeah Sure. We, you know, the puppy is new to our household and she, uh, he already has an entire wardrobe. <laughs> she went out the next day, you know, she's one of those. So that the dog eats better than we ever did as kids. Let me tell you. Yeah. This is a brilliant app. I think you have a great opportunity here to get a significant amount of the market because people do spend so much time and money with their pets and on their pets. So congratulations to you. I think it's a winner. Kenya, what are your thoughts? You're, you're a dog person. I am a dog person. I just had a question about the user experience in terms of like, when do you anticipate someone to see like a behavioral change? Like if they're consistently using the app with their dog, I guess it's dependent on like what you're training the dog to do, but like, what is the typical frame of time that someone can expect to see results? Yeah, so as, as I mentioned, we mostly focus on new dogs and puppies. And then you see the development always, right? Uh, you see, but uh, it's, it's something that I think how we start with the puppy is like, the first thing the dog has to do is like, you have to become interesting. So the, actually the first exercise is like feeding from the hand, like that the dog knows like, ah, you are so amazing. Like when I look at you, 
I come to you, like amazing things are happening to me. So I think like if you use it for two weeks with a puppy, you will already see like great development. So it's it's something you know that really is, is fast. And dogs learn new tricks. Like if it's just for fun, in a few days, like you can definitely t- teach a few things that you can show off to your neighbors. Yeah. You know, what's so funny, I'll just make this brief, is, is times have changed and it's like getting the dog between like an engaged couple is almost a test run for <laughs> whether you're going to be able to handle the family now, which I think is a good idea, right? Because if you have one partner that is it like, is, hey, yeah. I'm not going to take care of it, you can pretty much guess how they're going to react when kids are in the house. Right. So tell us, I know you have a publicist, right? How are you getting the word out about this fantastic app? It really looks good. It's mostly coming from uh, organic sources. So first of all, uh, Apple, Google, they really love uh, love the app. They love the quality and all the love that we put into that. I think, I guess, because we are building it for ourselves. So that's our main source. And then, of course, word of mouth. So we definitely see, like, if we have increased on one platform, after some time, we also see uh, the increase on other platforms because uh, it's just people talk. And we have over 100,000 of uh, five-star reviews on on app stores. So we see that people really love and and, and appreciate what we're doing, yeah. That's great. Congratulations. And uh, how do you plan to scale your your company going forward? So we recently uh, closed our fundraising uh, round. So we are growing from 13 people to 25. And for it, it, it doesn't sound like it's a big, but for us, it's, it's a big thing because we doubled in size. So the, the near term challenge is like, how do we work together? And I think this remote teams, it's extremely nice because you can be everywhere, anywhere, but it's pretty hard to connect with people. And we already see the new team members joining. It's hard, like it's hard to connect. You have to put extra effort because it's so easy to disconnect. So we also say like, let's stop, let's take our time and let's first connect as a team because otherwise like this will not work. At some point you can scale, scale, but if people are not working as a team, it's not going to work. Yeah, that goes back to what Joni was saying about how you treat your people and the relationships you have and the win-win for everybody. So I think you're smart to take it slow and get that piece down. And people can find it at dogo.app in the Google Store. And where else can they find it? So uh, App Store, yeah, on Apple. The Apple App Store. So go to your favorite App Store, look for the app. If you know somebody that needs the app. I was just going to say, I hope you have a share link to the app. (laughs) And you can just like our neighbors have a dog that's barking. You just... <laughs> and you shoot off an email to them, right? So this has been Tadashimus. Thank you very much. And I wish you all the best of luck in the world because dogs need training. Period. So this is Richard Elizabeth Gearhart, Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with our special guest, Joni Rogers Conte. And We will be right back after this message. If you missed this, the podcast comes out tomorrow and you really need to hear all about this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company 
name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I really want to talk to Juliana Martins because she's a publicist and she has grown her business exponentially in a very short amount of time. And I also want to find out like how you work with the publicist and what publicists can help you do. So welcome, Juliana. Please tell us about your company. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. Um, my name is Juliana and I am founder of 1111 Media Relations. Through my company, I really work with both brands and individuals to help amplify their goals, their messaging through strong media relationships, influencer relationships, experiential events, strategic consulting, you name it. I've been in the industry for about five years now. And like you said, I was really able to kick off and grow my business during COVID times. I saw that there was a need for all of these brands and people that had originally had these massive PR companies with tons of team members and it was pretty expensive. They had to unfortunately get rid of those during the pandemic, but they still had these amazing ideas and products that they needed to get out into the world. And so that's where someone like me and my company could swoop in and still provide quality services for a lesser cost. That's great. Uh, Cost-effective services are appreciated yeah, by I like every, the cost. <laughs> uh, every entrepreneur on the planet. Did you have PR experience before you started the company? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to college in New York City for communications and marketing. And then I really got hired out of an internship in college and was working for four years or so in the industry before I kicked off my own business. That's great. I would imagine... It takes a lot of courage to be a PR person because you got to kind of like call up all these big shots <laughs> and you got to say, hey, I want to get my person an article or on a show or something like that. You must find that pretty easy to do. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the mindset. Like you said, you call up these big shots. Well, who's to say that you're not a big shot or your client's not a big shot? So it's all about providing value. You can't reach out to somebody without providing some sort of value to them as well. And so I feel like as long as you're providing value to somebody, it's not something that you should be scared to reach out about. So when should a person get a PR agent? Because we've talked about it, but we've never done it. So at what point in the entrepreneurial process? I think that's obviously different for everybody and each client, but really it's when you have something super newsworthy, new, or you're trying to scale up and reach a new audience that quite frankly, you've tapped out on within your own network. And so then you need to utilize somebody else's skill and network to really start expanding and targeting new people to help reach whatever that goal is for you, whether it's awareness, whether it's sales, that's something you can work on with a publicist. So if you had a client that was interested in trying to use PR to generate more sales, what kind of advice would you give them in that situation? Once again, it depends what the product is, but I think SEO is huge. So my first strategy would be getting that client in online articles, broadcast articles, print placements, obviously online is where SEO happens, but 
really just having people go to your website, whatever call to action it is, whether it's Yelp to make reservations, if it's a restaurant, whether it's a Shopify to actually purchase your product, you really need people clicking on those hyperlinks or typing in your website to make that purchase and make that conversion. And so really just getting a ton of articles out there is going to help bump up your company in SEO and help generate more sales. So your first strategy is really to go digital as opposed to other types of mass media. That's great. I would say so. Also, digital has a shorter lead time. So print's amazing. and, And you can still obviously see a website printed and then go and type it. But digital is obviously immediate. And it has a way quicker turnaround than a print article. I mean, that's going to possibly take up to three to six months. And on a website, it could take anywhere from two to five days, you know. Mm -hmm. Kenya, you're in the marketing realm. Tell us what's going on with you. I just was curious if Juliana can just explain the difference between PR and marketing, because I think sometimes people jumble it all together. And though it's a form of marketing, I feel like it's really a channel that's kind of separate depending on how you use it. So could you just explain the difference and then why someone would want to use a PR person? Absolutely. And this is my personal opinion. Somebody else might have a different opinion. But like you said, PR is certainly a form of marketing, but it's really based on relationships and relationships that that publicist or that company has. And so as we all know here, relationships are so integral in building a company and sustaining a company And so a publicist like myself, I will rely on these strong relationships that I've personally been able to cultivate over the months and years. And I work on organic product placements and organic PR placements. So basically I will rely on these relationships to organically publish my clients. So it's not a sponsored ad. It's not something that you're, you're paying me, you're paying my company, you're not paying for the placement. So it's not sponsored I like to think it's credible because it's not a sponsored ad. So you're reading something that the editor actually looked at, liked, and wanted to publish instead of something that the company's paying for. So I think it's very transparent in that regard. Joni? You know, we're just, we grew our company not using publicists or any type of PR strategy. We just decided to uh, grow through word of mouth. However, in the last two years, we've had a pretty significant PR budget in place. And so I'm just learning about this. What I have learned is that uh, we have different types of publicists publicists for different parts of the company. We have one that works on our corporate publicity. We have one that works on our Conte group building of rebuilding this town. We have one group of three that work with our product publicity. And then I have one that I work with who, you know, uh, just on um, individual leadership, women in business kind of issues. So I, I think what Juliana Um, has mentioned and maybe hasn't been able to fully uh, explain, you really have to zone in on exactly what kind of publicist you're looking for and then look for those people who have, like she said, spent years building relationships in that area where you can gain traction. We very rarely pay for publicity at all. And the return can be, if you do it uh, the right way, uh, significant. Definitely. And to go off of that, what you were saying, um, you mentioned a few different types of PR. And so 
I, I like to think I'm like a one-stop shop. I can do thought leadership PR. I can also sell a product, a brand, a person. But like you said, there are certain niches. So for instance, I wouldn't be your person if you're a politician and want PR around a campaign. I wouldn't be your person for dog apps because that's just nothing I've ever done before. So you definitely need to find the right fit for you. Well, Richard and I have this argument. He thinks- And she always wins. (laughs) He thinks any publicity is good publicity. And I'm like, no, I don't want any bad publicity. But we've heard that said. So we would like your comment on that comment. So that's a tricky one because I'm actually working with a reality star right now. And let's just say this publicity is not the best out there at the moment. So I don't think any publicity is good publicity, especially if maybe you have other projects and where the certain publicity, negative publicity out there might be damaging to a company that you're working on or another facet of what you're doing. And so I I would like to disagree with that one, but anything that's where crisis management comes in and bad publicity can hopefully be overturned if you have a good publicist and a good strategy behind that. I think you said some key words there that ring true with me. I'm not a firm believer in, you know, any publicity is good publicity, especially not for businesses or for companies. The last thing you want is bad publicity for your business, and you should avoid that at all costs. But on the other hand, it does seem to me like if you're an A-list celebrity and you're going through a divorce or something like that 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 sells grocery store magazines. Anyway, I think our time is running out for the segment. How can people find you? On Instagram and online at 1111 Media Relations. And then I also have a podcast that's live weekly called Behind the Media, where we share fun tips from people in the industry. Excellent. And I just want to say 1111 is the word spelled out and then the number. So it's E-L-E-V-E-N-1-1 mediarelations.com. Thank you. Listeners, you are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Richard and Elizabeth Kierhart and our special guest, Joni Rogers-Conte. And we have just had like an amazing show. Lots of great information here, great products. And we will be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. I think we've had a fantastic show here this evening and uh, hats off to all of our guests. Right. So we had Joni Rogers-Conte with Senegents. If you can see her on YouTube, just look at her. She's been using her own beauty products for years and she looks wonderful. So she's a testament to her own product. And you can find her product at S-E-N-E. 
G-E-N-C-E.com online. You can buy her product online. She also has representatives that sell product. And if you want to be a representative, you can apply for that too. Yeah, And she's an incredible businesswoman too. And she's even written a book called Million Dollar Lips. Called Million Dollar Lips about her success. And I'm sure there's lots of great advice in there. And then we had Tadis Jamus with Dog Training App, which is really a different type of dog training app than anything else out there because he actually has dog trainers involved with this and it's D-O-G-O dot A-P-P. It's got like 100,000 five-star reviews. People love this app. If you have a dog, especially if you can start using the app when you first get the puppy, you'll be amazed. It's the best thing out there. I think. Yeah. And you should have his URL printed up on business cards and then just hand him out to at your neighbors and at the dog park. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had Juliana Martins who told us all about how entrepreneurs can use publicists and why you need them. And I think she really was very good in her explanation. I can clearly see why her company has expanded so quickly. She's very articulate and very knowledgeable. And if you want to contact her, you can find her on LinkedIn. She also has a podcast and her website is 1111mediarelations.com, E-L-E-V-E-N, 11mediarelations.com. So if you're thinking about a publicist, and you want more information, look her up. I think I will. And so. then, of course, Richard Gearhart from Gearhart Law. Oh, and Kenya was here, our media maven from iHeart. If you want radio publicity or incredible, incredible creative marketing solutions from Kenya, you can reach her at Kenya Gibson with the P, Kenya Gibson at iHeartMedia.com. Yep. She's the media maven and it's a title well earned. So before we go, I'd like to hear a few words from Joni, our guest this evening. Any final thoughts for our audience, Joni? Well, I'd just like to say for those aspiring entrepreneurs to learn to follow their own instincts, despite what others around you might advise you or what their opinions are. I think entrepreneurs have innately within them the skill set, the understanding, the faith and the strength to make real whatever their dreams are and don't let anyone else dissuade you or get you off track in any way. Kenya? Well, it's hard to top that, but I always love the conversations that we have. And I think today was really about innovation and scale and how to really take your business to the next level through implementing the right marketing strategies and just knowing your audience and knowing how to use technology to connect with them. So just really great conversation and contributions from everyone all around. So thank you, everyone. Thank you to our audience for listening to us. Uh, We love you. Keep those cards and letters and texts coming in. (laughs) And I'd like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, our program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Chatterboss, and the whole iHeart team. So this is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart, Passage to Profit on iHeart Radio, WOR 710, the voice of New York. (laughs) 